Yo, I can't believe we're on our third show already. Uh, we wouldn't be this far in without the people supporting us, the listeners, friends, colleagues, and all of the social media fiends and marketing gurus who are sharing the podcasts. Thank you so much. I need to mention, because uh, it is time critical, an organisation called Health for Heroes and a gentleman called Paul, Paul Tug Hartley. Uh, Paul Hartley Tug is the guy, uh, if you've seen Kajaki, he's the medic. The, uh, the the fearless medic in that film. He's well, he's not the guy in the film. He's the actual bloke who did it on the ground, who um, who did so much to rescue and save the guys on on, on the ground in, in the infamous mine strike in Kajaki in two thousand and six. Paul is trying to raise uh, three thousand pounds for help for hero for Hull for heroes um, this weekend. He's organised a, a rugby match with some absolute rugby legends. It's happening Saturday, which is when this show should be going out. Fing- fingers crossed. Go and find it on the Just Giving page, but you can also help by going to the Hell for Heroes website. Hell for Heroes, are, they obviously um, they help out veterans in, in need, but their ultimate aim is to be able to build brand new houses, purpose made to serve all of veterans' needs, and they want to place themselves place the veterans among established or newly created communities, along with their own community centre for veterans to service all members of the area, including non-veterans if needs be. They're a fantastic organisation. So go and check out Hell for Heroes and check out Paul Hartley and, and um, the rugby match one on, on Saturday. In fact, it should be today, like I said. TMT Construction are yet again sponsoring this show and for that we are very, very thankful. TMT Construction are a UK-based company whose directors and managers cut their teeth many years ago in the residential and commercial industries on all manner of projects, big stuff and little stuff. The owners include Jim Bro, a former Welsh guard and Iraq-Afghanistan veteran who brought together their professionalism and expertise to form what is now a highly regarded construction company with a superb portfolio of projects. They post examples of their work on their Facebook page, which you can find simply by searching for TMT Construction, but you can also visit their website where the full list of services they provide can be found. TMT.Construction for the website, check it out. After consultation with you and a detailed planning process, they use highly skilled engineers and tradesmen to deliver your requirements wherever they may be. House extensions, conversions, conservatories. Maybe you have your own business and need roof repairs or external groundwork or something else. TMT will square you away. Visit tmt.construction. For the details, give them a call, pick their brains. Get them on top of your project in no time with full peace of mind that you're having the best job done by professional honest people with quality and consistency at the heart of their business. 429 Group are also sponsoring the show. 429 Group predominantly employ ex-service personnel where possible and deploy them on the many different tasks. The company has been built on a strong foundation of medical and security services, but also has a strong reputation for technical advice on TV and film sets, particularly on military productions. 429 Group can be found online at 429.group where you'll find their range of services which also include health and safety consultancy, accreditation management and first aid. Our guest today is Stu Hale, a former three-part sniper, a very good friend of mine in Jared's and I know Jared hadn't seen him in a while so it was nice to catch up. Uh, Stuart lost his leg uh, during the day of days in uh, Kajaki on the 6th of September 2006 um, of which those events are very well documented in the film Kajaki. And uh, without further ado, we had a very enjoyable conversation, and I hope you enjoy it. (laughs) 
Stuart Hale. What's going on, buddy? <laughs> Good to see you. All right. Let's crack the beers up. This is a ritual, isn't it? And then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> for, those, for, for those listening, not watching, Stu's just cracked the bottle cap off his bottle with his uh, prosthetic leg. <laughs> Uh, did, did, do love the attention. I'm only joking. Uh, but right, before we crack on, I've been told by Luke Hardy that I need to clarify something, the name of the podcast, right? To, for people listening who don't, like civvies. Is civvies listen to this, believe it or not? Even though the last two episodes I managed to slag them off in some way, shape or form. Right? <laughs> it's called H Hour because, uh, not because it's Hugh Hour, it's because... <laughs> H-hour is, uh, is the term you use to, that you would reference the start of a, a battle with, the hour that the battle starts. Like D-Day is the day a battle starts, H-hour is, is the hour a planned battle would start. It's not Hugh Hour. And the second one is we want to give a, um, a shout out to Aunt Herbie Hyde from, from Three Para, who's running a, an ultra marathon in uh, over four or five days. What is it? So look, let me just get brought my memory here. Four or five days in uh, South America. He's doing it for a parachute regiment charity called support our paras he's been doing some absolute graft going in there he's at something like five thousand meters or or something 230 kilometers over, over five days he's running it on sunday all right um which obviously by the time this goes out that's, that's tomorrow so get on look for him on his just giving page look for parachute regiment just giving herbie hyde or go on to the support our paras website and page and you find it there where's he doing that the amazon is it uh, where's the amazon i'm having a look now mate because my preparation ah here we go Flipping out, the course runs from the Andes Mountains to the Madre de Dios River, with temperatures reaching 30 degrees during the day and dropping to 10 degrees at night. I said, they stay out in the Ulu. It's like they bring all this kit with them. I think there's a couple of other Power Edge lads. Um, Dennis O'Kane. And, yeah, Dennis O'Kane came out in prep and support yeah. them do it. And another chap, oh, I don't know her name, I think. Smudger. Smudger. Smudge will do. Smudge, probably a smudge. <laughs> so, yeah, he'll be out. Um, that's it for that stuff. Yeah. Cheers, fellas. Cheers. Good to see you. Stuart? Yeah. Remember the last time you were? Uh, when was the last time you were? Uh, you two saw each other? It Probably 2008. Was, that was second, it that long ago? When, when you went back to Afghan, 2008, was it, on that second tour? Um, yeah. And wasn't that the first time a British amputee had gone back to Afghan? Or what, sorry, a war zone, but yeah, was it no, a, just there, Afghan? There'd been another guy that had gone back to Iraq. Right. Uh, but he undeployed, did he? On the, on the, you hadn't um, deployed in the front line, I mean? No, no. Whereas you went back to Kajaki? Yeah, yeah, technically not front line, you know. I mean, I mean, I told my missus that we were, I was uh, in Kandahar, you know, they weren't going to take me anywhere. They were, you know, the military wouldn't have the liability to take me anywhere, especially when <laughs> she saw me on the news in Kajaki again with the turbine on and uh, obviously had words when I got back home. <laughs> how, long, how long did you go back on the, out, out on the hill for? What's that? Oh, um, I don't know how long it was. Um, Did you stay down in the in the camp? Yeah, in Zeebrug, in Fob Zeebrugge, and I saw um, I saw the do- uh, the dog again. Um, the dog. Yeah, there, there's a the dog. Black there. Labrador. The Black Labrador has yeah, been rehomed in Hereford. Has it? Yeah, I go I go see him regularly. Um, that dog wasn't there in 2006. Tangy. It was a tiny puppy in 2008. Yeah. 2008, she but, was running. Oh, sorry, he was running around yeah. with the guys going out on patrol. He got uh, hit by, you know, he got IED shrapnel at one flank and was dripped by one of the medics in two power and brought back. 
You've got Scarrows all up one side. He's awesome, mate. He's totally awesome. I don't remember, I don't remember him. I will, I will fish out the pictures. I, I I've, I've got pictures of me with him from um, like a, a month ago. He's um, he's quite a little character. I got bothered about seeing pictures. Oh, I caught them. <laughs> <laughs> so um, how's life down in Monmouth, mate? Um, you love it, Danny, didn't you? Have you seen my seen my mate? No, have you in Monmouth? No, I haven't. Oh my gosh, no, I love I love it. Yeah. I, I hadn't been there before, since I went to visit you, and um, proper nice little proper nice little town. You go in. Is it? It's Cobble Street, isn't it, in the middle. No. We just made that up. There's no cobble yeah, street in the middle. There's no cobble street in the middle. Nice little bridge, river going through it. It's proper nice. It's Wales, isn't it? As in, it's that yeah, side of the border. It's, it's, it's straddled. It's been in, in English and Welsh ownership to and fro in, in the past. And it is always referred to before, like years ago, as being separate from either two. It was always England, Wales and Monmouthshire. It was always sort of in between. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's, there's Is this of, after the English invaded my land? Um, it's about know, the right time. It all gets quite blurred. It doesn't not to me. It doesn't. But um, it's quite raw. But, but interestingly enough, there was when it only uh, became properly part of Wales post. I think it was World War Two. It might even be World War One. I've got no facts. Not prepared for this tonight at all. Uh, <laughs> right. But basically, te- on, a, on a technicality, Monmouth is still at war with the Germans. Is that's it? Like a, that's like an <laughs> urban. How did you cope with that in the war zone? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yeah. How did the people in Monmouth cope? They seemed alright when I went down in the beer gardens and that shop. Well, the, the, the Blitz has been alright recently. What's the technicality? The fact that Monmouth was separate at the start of the war and then. Separate to, to England? Yeah, referred to separately from, I don't know the full facts, but referred to separately from England and Wales. Right. And then was part of Wales at the end of the war. So they declared war on Germany and never technically declared the peace. Now, this is like something like Cornwall, where Cornwall, where they consider a themselves now that, yeah, yeah. A, a separate yeah. beast. But did you know this? You probably know, because we had this conversation, that Cornwall, well, so the Welsh, the first two places Wales colonised, the second was Cornwall, Wales, the Welsh colonised Cornwall, the first place that Wales colonised? Strathclyde? Brittany, in France. Oh, really? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. You go there, mate, Welsh mules on the wall. Well, it's kind of like that, and in, and in Cornwall. And Patagonia as well. Patagonia, yeah, Patagonia. Was that a colony? No, just settlers that were working mm. the mines. Um, mm-hmm. Patagonia is a weird one, isn't it? There's, there's places down there that are like completely German, places down there that speak Welsh. I was listening to a guy called... Um, a guy called... I don't remember what, right? And he's American Special Forces, and then he, he got out and he um, he went at the UFC, mixed martial arts, very, mm. very successful, right? And now he's got back in. He's been doing a series, and it's called Finding Hitler, okay? And it's based on this conspiracy that hundreds, not tens, hundreds of thousands of uh, Nazis, not like Civ Pop in Germany, but Nazis from the highest ranks down, bugged out after the war, Mm-hmm. Or towards the end of it, before um, Hitler did himself in, I went to South America. I used to go there and try and, like, well, is this true, is it not? Because they reckon, this conspiracy reckons that Hitler's there. Yeah? <laughs> and he was saying, you go there, and there are whole towns and villages, and it's German. Yeah, they speak German. And it's, you, you, you can't, they can't uh, he's talking about Chile now, run about Chile, mm. right? In Chile. Go in there, and he had to go in there, and I was like, I'm a tourist, I'm going to do a tourist channel year, and it's beautiful, because it's like a Bavarian village. In the middle of Chile, it's all German, like German style, everything. Culture, yeah. yeah. 
And right. he was he said he was talking to, he was talking to some of them and, they, and once they accepted me, like, yes, yes, and they're like really proud of the heritage. Yeah. I'm like, yes, look. So how did you so when did you come here? He said they're all loaded as well. He said there's no they're all loaded. They're like second or third generation Germans. Yeah, only just gone there. Where's all your money come from? Right? And he's saying he's all his stuff. And he's saying one family goes in, he said like one of the first ones he goes into when he starts realising what the mindset of these people. This is recent, right? And he says, um, he says, so, so when did you come here? I said, oh, yes, my, my, my father, I've lived here, and my, my grandfather came across here. Said, oh, right, okay. And then you go, yes. And she would then start talking very proudly about what he did. He was a soldier, and da, da, da. You, And you understand that he was a, you know, a Nazi, da, da, da. Mm-hmm. Yes, let me show you some of his things. Comes out, got the knife, all the old Nazi, yeah. like, artifacts and that. And it's in, like, in like a, a silk cloth over the top. He can't get any dust on it. And showing it, like, full on. This is amazing. The kids, the the, the kids, the adults. It's uh, it's a complete um, taboo thing to go and go and uh, have a relationship with non-white Aryan people. You know, the full-on Nazi attitudes. But because that's how they've been for two, three generations, that's how they've been brought up. Completely enclosed. That's all they know. They don't know that that for fifty years the Nazis have been hated. You know what I mean? It's crazy. Finding oh, Hitler, it's called. It's, no. It is Tim Kennedy, I mental. And they, yes, Tim Kennedy. Tim Kennedy. You listened so, to the same one, didn't you? I did. I think I turned it off fairly quickly. He, he spoke something. He was talking about shooting because he's ex-SF and he's mm. a ranger. He's back in now. And he was talking about um, six-second bullet flight times or something. And I was like, oh, oh I missed that. He's gone. No, I don't listen to him anymore. But he's, about. <laughs> Joe Rogan goes to him and says, um, here's Joe Rogan's podcast, isn't it? And says to him, so, so based on what you know now, and Tim Kelly is down to earth, mate. He he tells it like he is, right? Tells it like he is. Tells it like it is, and uh, and he gets asked, so based on what you know now, what's your feeling? Because the conspiracy was Hitler's there, right? This escape there, like who was the German general who died in the beach there, like chilling out? It was some. It was some. It was the the not the general. It was the scientist, the hideous scientist, mate, who experimented on the kids. And that because they were still doing it in Chile, um, and he says, "What's your gut feeling? Do you think Hitler shot himself in um, Germany, or do you think he's there or died there?" And he says, "He died there." And one of the th- one of the fact you didn't listen to Austria, did you? One of the, one of the facts he brings up is he says the Russians got Hitler's body. Yeah, this is fact. The Russians got Hitler's body. The Allies at the time they want to go and confirm, confirm, confirm it's Hitler. Bam, bam, bam. The Russians went, nah, 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 nah. no, 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 no. A couple of decades later, or maybe a few years later, or a significant period of time later, the files got released of the autopsy, and they went and re-got the body, and the body wasn't even male. This is Hitler's body. Mm. The head wasn't even so male. So what you're saying is... It was a female 35-year-old. So Hitler was transgender. Hitler was transgender. Hitler was transgender. How did we get did to that? that? Did I? You just said he had a female skull. You hear it here first. That's the bombshell. He's, he's transgender, Chilean, and uh, Cornwall from Cornwall, apparently. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. you should listen to all that. Listen to all that show, mate. Flipping beast. Um, did you see? Uh, we've got a news flash. I just had some information within the last hour mm-hmm. that the army are changing their fitness tests to be. Non-gender specific. I don't mean like that. It doesn't take into account your uh, your what what gender you are. You have to meet the standards, whatever they are. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, this is starting next year. January next year, they're getting rid of the BFT. Yeah. And it's going to go to two kilometres in 11 minutes plus a 30-metre sprint. But it doesn't say what the criteria is for a 30-metre sprint, right? Mm-hmm. The the CFT, I think the CFT, is going to continue until 2021. That's the backpack carrying mm-hmm. beast, eight-miler. Yeah. Like 2021 hours. doesn't say what's happening after that though as part of the normal fitness test as well you're going to have um you're going to have to be able to straight lift 35 kilos deadlift 75 kilos which is an interesting one that's not that's quite a lot for like if you're slight mm. Mm. like and maybe not male yeah no. um and what was the other one ah four four pull-ups but the bit i think the big one is they're not they're not there's no difference between male and female, but then that, that, is that not less than what it is now for blokes? It's nine and a half minutes now, isn't it? For blokes. No, only it's power edge, I think. Yeah, it's ten and a half. Ten and a half minutes for standard. Ten and a half. Oh, so they're making it slower for the mile and a half? No. Two kilometres is one point. That's two well, K. Power edge have 930, don't they? Mm-hmm. Which is but, funny because when you get to battalion, it suddenly changed to 915. And then basically, <laughs> you didn't want to be going over nine minutes, really. It's, it's five minutes before five minutes. <laughs> yeah. so you had, yeah. you know. So you do, uh, you do, your, you do your P company, like, oh my god, it's the hardest thing I've ever done. And you get the battalion, and you're on, uh, you're on John Hardy's flipping. What did you, what was John Hardy's quadathlon? Ten miler, two miler, oh, assault course, and a swim on the same day. Ten miler was a difference, wasn't it, or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you had the you had the two miler double bubble. You did the two miler stop, and then you just go straight away again. Yeah. They weren't made to do 10 milers, so they did an 8 miler followed by a 2 F2, miler. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, yeah, the 10 yeah. milers. Oh, Mental. my God. Yeah. Are you uh, that in your uh, in your shop down in, uh, down in Monmouth? You, you get you ones of hobbies yeah, and games. Tell us, yeah, tell us about that, what you're doing. Uh, yeah, it's, it's um, a hobbies and games shop. So basically a, a normal shop selling things like the, your airfix kits, you know, your different types of aircraft, different scales, uh, what have you, um, and all the paints and stuff. The hobby aspect of it, um, the war, all the historical stuff, so Napoleonics, the soldiers and everything, and also the game systems that support them, as well as board games and card games. When you say game systems, what war, do you mean? Is that Warhammer? He's thinking like Xbox. So, no, Warhammer, Warhammer does well for me, because yeah. it, it's just a really strong sort of product. They, you know, yeah. They're doing really well. They've had the Monopoly for a long time, GW, but there are loads of other game systems. Do you know what he does? Do you know what he does? No. Well, you have done. He, because in a lot of these games, right, you get your you get your pieces. You know, it's down to you what your what oh. your map is and your landscape. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm wrong quite a lot on you. He Makes has sense. formed like Sangin, relive the battle of oh, yeah. an Arnhem and all that. So you set it yeah. up, and but you, when you go to do it, you've got the same troops as they had on the day, the yeah. same assets, the same all that, don't you? Not, you have done, not you? quite. People do, but we've, you've done it. Not quite. You did no. Sangin. Um, no, I've had something similar, but it's not to scale because you can't. And I've had this conversation, an argument with some of my customers before who want like really realistic games. And I say, well, if you want a really realistic game, um, for a start, one guy's going to be on one table, that guy's going to be over there, and the range of the weapons is going to be out to the car park over there because it doesn't translate. <laughs> yeah. you know, like, they don't quite get it. They want more stuff on the table. But it's like, no, if we're, if we're doing realistic, you, people are going to have tactical bangs and spacings so they're going to be mm. way over there and it's it's not going to be a fun game to play so it, the game systems compress everything so it's more like playing a Hollywood version of one yeah. but it's still just as fun you know we, when I went down the first time we, we played um, a Star Wars game didn't we 
Because I am sceptical. I mean, this is proper pesta, right? Yeah. I'm beans. imagining it's like that Warhammer style. That's what. Yeah. That's what. It varies, doesn't it? It, all off. it was a lot of the other, these other games came from the people that made Warhammer back in the early nineties. Yeah. But they, the company got so big, I think they they put it on the stock market. They made it publicly owned, and then they went off and formed their own other games companies, and they wrote rule sets for different different game systems. And there's loads there's loads of different Many things. Were you into all this when you was when we using? Um, no, I was before I joined the army. Um, yeah. Obviously, if I started painting uh, models and stuff in decently block, uh, <laughs> they would thrown out the window, out wouldn't window it? By, <laughs> by Craig Coatesworth or something, you know, it it, it just get it get launched. Yeah, but you, you know but I, mean? I tell you what, you were like you are now mm-hmm. is a World of Warcraft geek. I, I never was when I was you, in. Yes, you were. No. Yes, you were. After, you were. I remember yeah. walking into this room, mate, and <laughs> mate, he, he used to have his laptops up in his bed, and he'd be up until like three in the morning. And he used to sleep naked, I know, because he used to watch him at night. I'm joking. He did sleep naked, though. And I walk in one morning. I've got a photo of it somewhere. Walk in, Stu, he's rolled out of his bed. Let it do it back. He's rolled out of his bed, mate. He's his bed, Ed. He's rolled onto his chair right next to his thing, and he sat there on his laptop. He's naked. He's not even dressed. <laughs> and he's straight in the wheel of off. I've got a, we've got a, we've got a clan meeting. We've got a clan attack coming on. <laughs> yes. I've got a photo of Stu, and I ain't making it up, and you know I'm not. Unless it was, unless it was Rome, total, total it was war. Rome total war in the block. Doesn't make anybody even naked. Yeah, yeah. Why else would you play? Block was good, and we used to connect up all the Xboxes and play. We yeah, used Halo. To play Call of Duty before it was cool. Halo and then Call of Duty. Oh. Yeah. That was pretty Connecting good. Connecting everything through the through the uh, loft of uh, D Company Block. And yeah, hiding, I remember. Hiding, that was the days before. Um, I can see it. That was the days before you. Get, I remember organising the, the internet for the whole block. Yeah. Remember that? It's like I had to get BT in. I had to pretend that the property was mine. I'm on a barracks, right? Yes, this is my property. <laughs> Do you remember? The engineer comes in, puts the puts the router in. Then we got. A, I got a. I got a. Um, oh, not a switchbox. A, uh, a flipping. You know, loads of ports and that. Kind of what they called networking box, whatever. And then find all the cables into all the rooms. And the, mm. but they went in there. It was too slow. But we had it for every floor. We made a block. Yeah. We, we were the only block. We were the only block in the whole of three three part of any internet. Yeah. That was that one was long, long ago. Well, that was, was long that was time. that was two thousand seven, two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Man, no, it wasn't. It was way before then. Well, it's interesting you say that because we did move into the camp until two thousand seven, mate. What camp are you on about? Moville. Oh, well, I was on about Hyderabad. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was on about Hyderabad as well. <laughs> yes, <you laughs> no, you're right, it was Hyderabad. Yeah, so yeah, yeah what two thousand three, done the four. Pre, uh, so yeah, Mongo. It's pre oh six, mate. Because I wasn't injured. I remember. Yeah, that was yeah. You're right. Yeah, because we yeah because we moved out of it. I remember when I come across like trying to recall stuff. <laughs> I remember when I come across the D company. I didn't even have a bed space. I didn't have beds. I'd slept in someone else's bed space. Benny's Benfield. What Kiwi Benny? Yeah, Benny, he's a nice yeah. I slept in his bed, so I'd wake up every morning with pictures of his mum and dad looking at me in the bed. You know, <laughs> where was he? So, was yeah. he? He was on a he was on a course or something. Yeah, no, so I'd like yeah, I was in this. In, until there's available bed space and Benny, my yeah. mother, my mother fancied the pants off him. Everyone loved Benny. Yeah, they did. He's doing some good stuff now as well, isn't he? Yeah, shooting. We were in a. Yeah, we, yeah. we we went to church, as in the church, the drinking church, mm. and uh, in London, and we went to uh, Shepherd's Bush walkabout after, and yeah. we went in there. <laughs> is, this, is, this your, is this your escalator <laughs> incident? Because you might want to mention that. That was before. <laughs> so so we go in there right and, and uh me, you, Benny, Kiwi Berry. So Kiwi Benny, Kiwi Aww. Berry, Billy Smart and that. 
And uh, Benny sat next to him. He, he, just said, he would just say anything, anything to get the female attention. And he says, uh, and they overhear him, and he's going, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm a paratrooper. You know, I'm a killer. I'm a trained sniper. But I'm not like all the rest of those guys. <laughs> I've got a heart as well. <laughs> Unbelievable. He's, he, um, he's, he has a column in a couple of shooting magazines yeah, yeah, yeah. in he's, New Zealand, hasn't he? Because he busted, he broke his back. Yeah. Broke his back jumping. Yeah. yeah, but he can still walk now, but he walks all funny. Dances all funny, I know that. <laughs> and uh, and then he went, he he got something big into golf as well, didn't he? Wasn't he going to set up some golf course at one point? Like he did quite a bit. He's a big golfer, wasn't he? No, yeah, he's he's all over the place shooting. And he's, I think they've got a podcast out there. And he's quite a, it's quite a popular magazine because the hunting mm. out there is massive, isn't yeah. it? It's massive. Yeah, I think he invited me over. Last time I spoke to him on Facebook, he, he said, come on over, aren't Long way, yeah, it's a long way, yeah. yeah. It's not cheap at all. It's not you can't do on a weekend. You go to Florida all the time, don't you? Not all the time, no. Every year? No. Do you go? To, did you? You still got your place in Spain? I no, I've never had a place in Spain. Yeah. I didn't think yeah. so. Oh no, my missus. Um, this is how I switched on. My missus is when she had she had some money from when she wrapped up the business and stuff, and the banks were. This was when the, I think this was when the Northern Rock incident happened, and that, and she was flapping a little bit with. Mm. The savings rates were going down, and you know, it was when all that sort of disaster started happening. So, and I was freshly injured at the time as well, so I wasn't thinking straight. But mm. she uh, she came back into the house one day from being out shopping. She was like, "Yeah, I went out, I got some, got some milk, got some bread, and um, I bought a place in Italy just to make sure that the um, the money keeps its value." And I was like, "Oh wow!" <laughs> so she just bought property, not very expensive, but. Just so that the money would be safe mm. in bricks and mortar mm. elsewhere, where mm. the economy was a little bit slower, not so so much being mm. busted. Really, she's pretty switched on. Still got it. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you rent it out or what? Um, no, it's probably full of refugees now. But uh, <laughs> it's, down <laughs> in, it's down in Calabria. But, That's very um, charitable. That's very charitable. Yeah, it's charitable. No, yeah. I, th- I think it's just she's gonna we're gonna do something with it eventually. But it's just there to, to keep money. Domestic. Yeah, mm. yeah, so they got it. Difficult to properly. I mean, I was. I imagined that I had loads of money the other day, and I thought I'll I'll buy some properties and um and like rent them out and get lodges in, not lodges, get people in rent them out. But I was was talking to someone else, um, a mate who, who's got he's only got one property, um, and he rents that out, and it's near to where he is, where he lives now. He's he's um he's ex two actually, and uh, was it him saying it? Or someone else. I say it was him. Uh, he listened to this as well. But he was saying it's a nightmare. He says the stress of it. That wasn't him. It was someone else. But the stress of it, like you get the wrong tenant in, mm. or yeah, you're getting the mortgage paid and all of that. But the, if you get maniacs in, or you have a period you don't have anyone in, it says it's just an mm. absolute nightmare for the for the return on investment these days. With the you got the rates on if you you know you're you're buying the rent and all that apparently it's just not worth doing with the stress levels I don't know yeah they'll tax you to death yeah I don't know yeah. but I remember you saying last year being having business in Wales that the Welsh business rates went through the roof like crazy to the roof yeah it depends in the particular area but like particularly in Monmouth it's terrible now there's shops shutting down all up and down the high street um, it's mainly charity shops now because they get the tax relief and stuff there's what with charity shops charity right? shops because they don't there's, pay there's none of those loads no, there is just charity shops oh, at right, the yeah, moment. Yeah. That's how it's going. Yeah, you know, coffee shops and charity shops. It's similar in England, though. Well, my, yeah. is it, but, but is that not just normal business life? Open, shut, open, yeah. shut. It hikes up every now and again because they've got to readdress uh, the value based on 
the rent and everything. So mm. you expect an increase. But, for instance, my tax increased 450%. Jesus Yeah, it, it wasn't fair. And then if I'd have just... Over, over what period? So you were paying this amount? Well, over one day. It went from 450% overnight. What? Yeah. Why didn't they inc- increment it? That's crazy. <laughs> they, I kind of shot myself in the foot with that one. Because I... Did you uh, make things up? No... I chopped my shop in half and made it two separate shops. Right. And then I did, and, and what that did was they reevalued it, and instead of being two slightly smaller values, they reevalued it being more than what it was combined, even though there was less floor space. Right. And they also, because it was technically a new shop, I wasn't, uh, in, uh, I wasn't allowed any of the rate relief either. So I just got double shafted because I tried to beat, <laughs> I tried to beat, yeah, tried to beat it, and uh, yeah, <laughs> they, they won. So. <laughs> So that was a bit of a kick in the teeth, but it, it's, it's bad in Monmouth because you're just seeing shops shutting up down the high street, and it, it's just killing the character of the town, to be honest. Yeah. But then you go just over um, over the border in, in parts of England, and the rate's gone down, you know. So, yeah. Uh, why have the rates gone up in Wales then? Why is that? What? What's um, I don't know. You you try and ask people, and it's the old sloping shoulders. It's like you know the the, the council don't set it. It's a VOA task. <coughs> you speak to the VOA, and they're like, well, the cat. What's the, the VOA? The, the value of people that value them, basically. It's like yeah. a, they're the people that state the values. Yeah. But then they sort of blame the council and, the, and, and it all falls back to central government. Uh, but it doesn't go to, to Westminster. It's Welsh government mm-hmm. and it's Welsh Labour. They set the rates. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, everyone's got sloping shoulders and there's no one sort mm-hmm. of wants to... It, the, the people are trying to do stuff about it, you know. Our our, um, our local MP does what he can. You know, who, he's who a good guy. Um, David Davis... He's not, He'd he's be not, around for he's years. Not the guy, he? He's not the guy that's the Brexit minister and stuff like that. He's oh. a he's a looks, he's, he's a XTA guy. He's really good. Mm-hmm. Really sound. He's mm-hmm. friendly forces like, but it's just you can't do much about it. What is the is the uh, is the defence minister now? Not X forces. Should be. It's like the highest rank. Sure, it's technically, mate. isn't it? So. Or or the shad the shadow defence minister. One of them high up is the, the, the is X forces. I don't know which unit. But Dan Jarvis is doing well. Mm. Dan Jarvis, X three power. Yeah, two power, wasn't he? Oh, two power. Sorry, yeah, two mm. power. Yeah, yeah. But he, um, but he was. Uh, I, mean, I know last year he was looking at. There was talk of him being the, the late, new Labour leader, wasn't there? Yeah. After Corbyn, was it Corbyn? Yeah, yeah Corbyn's current one. Yeah. Mm. But I don't know what happened there. But hopefully he's still in the running. It'd be nice to have someone like that in. And then um, Lee Clayton was doing that for a while as well, wasn't he? Lee Clayton went UK, didn't he? Yeah. Agent. <laughs> Hey? I thought he was an estate agent. Yeah, he is, but he but he became a, a, a local MP, minister. Yeah. No, not an MP. No, 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 no local a local count minister, a local councillor, I think, or a, like a parish. I think the way it works is parish minister, local councillor, and then you work up to like well, minister of parliament. But he was doing that. I'm sure it was UK. Yeah, but he, well, he was always mega confident. He, I just remember him being mega intelligent, and you could never win an argument with him no, ever, well, yeah. even if you knew he was wrong. <laughs> He always beat you in an argument. It's a flipping nightmare. Hmm. Absolute nightmare. Yeah, so is it, I didn't really realise he was an estate agent. I thought Stuart Tootle might have done something political. Just because he's so good at speaking. Yeah. And he's creating an argument. Because I remember the inquest, the Kajaki inquest. They tried to trip him up so many times on his testimony and things. When they oh, what, what were they trying to catch him out with? What were they, what were they trying to prove? Trying to, blame, trying to, not establish blame, but in investigating it, trying to get all the facts out, but you could see they were kind of going after them. And we were warned off ourselves that when you get questioned, 
it might anger you a bit because mm. they'll be they'll be grilling you in such mm. a way, and your attitude will be, well, you weren't there, you know. Mm. Um, but and I think they tried they tried to do that, that same thing with uh, Stuart Tool, but he just ran rings around them. He just talked over them, shut them up, and just dominated. The yeah. thing is, is that um, is that uh, that day, um, like the the film came out and uh, and the the and obviously like I was involved with the production of it and I know that the the production company were flipping amazing. You had Paul Kate as the director, Luther Trent the producer, and you had um, mate, you had Oscar winner Williams, Oscar no, winner. Oh, no, um, oh man, is it Gareth something? Gareth Ellis What a what, what an awesome guy, like mega guy. Um, Ray, Ray, we call him a friend. He's a really, really good guy. All of them, just amazing people. And they also, you know, they, mm. they that production of where they try to betray your incident, mm. which I thought it did very well. That changed all of them. I know it did. I know it did. Like they looked at things in a, in a completely different way. Honest to God, I know from speaking. I mean, Lucy's a really good friend of mine. Now I spoke with you know Gareth. I'm still in touch with a lot of the actors. Luke, even more so, very heavily uh, still in touch with them. And, and not the Esther Chase, they are with him, and, and, and there was someone like Scott, Scott Kyle, who played Stu Pierce and Nurse in touch. I don't know mm. if you speak to Ben, but but the thing is with the film is that it was very difficult to portray, uh, to, to, to show that. You watch the film, and, and for the layman, if that's the way to you look at it and you think, well, hang on a minute, you had all these assets and all this, why didn't this happen, why didn't that happen, why didn't this happen? And they tried to show it in the film that that day, the, the day of days, in inverted. Mm. It was flipping mental. We were in Musakala with... Didn't we have the... That's when we got taken out on the roof. That was that day. You had the, you had you guys in the minefield like a jackie, and at the same time in Sangin, there was some uber contact oh. going on in Sangin, wasn't there? And uh, like, and it was just three power. <laughs> yeah, and it was the, the guy from um, Musakala before that was injured before. Died, just happened to die that on was, that, that day. Was, that was, was Murad. Really? That was Murad. Yeah. Was it Murad? Murad, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Murad. It was me and me and Drad found him on the roof. Him and him and Draver. Um, yeah, it was a day of days. Yeah. It was. It was flipping crazy. That was a crazy day. Now that, that's. Funny. I'll it never is. forget when it it come across on the radio. Yeah. You heard his zap number, Stu's zap number, but we weren't sure if it was his or not. And it wasn't until later on we like. No, I knew it was his. It. No, I knew it was his. It was, it was before that when we when you and I you were in Nozad. And someone got um, taken out in uh, Sangen, mm. and the Zap number came across. And we weren't sure it was one of our guys. I didn't know the Zap number, but then when yours came across, I knew yours. Mm. And you, no, I knew all the teams. Yeah, yeah. Zero nine eight three. You are one three one one. Um, is uh, I can't say. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, I knew more. I knew more. So yeah, and then yours came across it. Fucking all, because mm. we'd not long finished what we were doing. What, what was going on in the oh, of that day? I don't know. Six. I can't remember much. That's, I can't remember much about anything back in like in Afghanistan. Read the book, mate. It's my, Adam read the book. <laughs> I can't bring yeah. myself to read any of them books either. I, I don't read no. I scan through and find my name. Just read a bit where it says my name, you know. And I say, I just can't. Yeah. I've got like a mental block on a lot of Afghan. Mm. What's happened, and I can't bring myself to. I've not even watched Kajaki the film. I've got it, but I've not watched it. Do you know what? I just I, can't bring myself to... I don't do to, the books. I don't know why. It's just like, I'm like, no, I just don't want to. The yeah, f- it's weird. I'm the same way with the books. I don't read any of them. No. Like, I'll scan through them. I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I want to see what's said about me. And then, um, but with the film, it's not like, uh, it's not, you, you don't, I didn't watch it, I think, like from a, 
No. I like I'm sort of re experiencing it kind of thing. You know I wasn't mm-hmm. there, it's you it was you that asked you. Yeah. It's because it's I'm gonna blow my own trumpet. Luke Moore saw Luke's own trumpet yeah, and the and the producers production company. Because it's so accurate, it's actually almost enjoyable in some respects to watch you watching the blokes on TV portrayed like proper so the way they're talking they like when Scott Kyle is playing mm. Stu Pearson he, he sounds he's saying the things that Stu Pearson's mm. saying like were you oh. I ended up going through the script and, and at the start and before the production the like the filming even started and when I did the notes because the script was amazing it was written by <laughs> yes yes Ta- he's, he's on Twitter as Taj Taj Williams yes, or something yeah, like that yeah. on his emails Taj Williams just giving yeah. his email away there you go um, brilliant story done it really well but it's written a civilian writing it mm-hmm. so the way they were talking and slagging each other off it just wasn't accurate so I, I went through it over a few days they all notes and my notes alone were 7,000 words it was just changing things like no 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 you wouldn't no you wouldn't have said oh you uh, you buffoon you wouldn't have said you <laughs> Fucking idiot! You know he would have been, yeah. you know, all the the, the the sort of the slang and yeah, yeah. and uh, and all that. All in there. So when they're talking, mate, it's it's, it's bang on. And Scott Kyle, because they spent time with yeah, like Scott 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 Kyle spent time with Stu Pierce and learning his manners and all that. You know, Ben Mahoney spent time with you. Um, uh, so the way, so they knew the way they spoke and that. Ben Ben, ben Mahoney, a Bristolian. He's from Bradford upon Avon. So he's, you might as well be from. Yeah, yeah. He's he put brilliant. on the accent. Brilliant. A bit more. You, you all, <laughs> If it wasn't, you can see it's not Stu Avon or Stu Avon. You would think. Yeah. By the you know the way they're talking, yeah. it's, it's good though. Like out. when I first met him, I shook his hand and everything, and he, he, he looked at me, and immediately after he shook my hand, he started to copy my posture. Like no he, was, he was on the job. Oh really? Yeah. He was on the job as soon as we met, and uh, yeah, it was quite. It was quite weird. He just kept looking across at me. Mm. And trying, you know, so what he did? He come and spend the day with you and just follows no, you we, around? No, we, and... we all met up in uh, Colchester. Basically, they took them through because Free Power didn't condemn the film, which right. I think was a mistake. Well, they did after. Yeah, after, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they were obviously... Start oh, with, like, yeah. You know what the MOD's like. They're shit yeah. scared of the media. It's not like the US where they embrace it and yeah. it actually does work for them. The MOD generally is scared and wants to keep the media away. You know, So they, they had that attitude and they weren't. And, and my argument always was with, with them was... If you embrace it, you can have some influence over it. So yeah. if you're not happy with something, yeah. you can... Yeah. And that was my attitude. If yeah. you just said... If you just put them away and said, whatever, don't want anything to do with it, yeah. that's them carte blanche to do what they want. And then they might have made... They don't think they would have, but they could have made a film that might have sold more, but was nowhere near accurate. And they, and for them, they were making the film for us. They wanted to make it as as um, you know as realistic as possible, which is why they sent us the scripts and stuff. And, yeah. you know, guys red-penned it back and, and changed things. They were... The thing is, it was so touchy at the same time, right? At the same time as they were trying to get that MOD support. Because they wanted to get the mm. MOD support. They didn't want, yeah, like, they didn't want to Paul do it. Mm. didn't want to annoy anyone. It's yeah. like, because it's good for them. Get yeah, the MOD I, behind, I, tried MOD him, I tried to make him annoy people. I said, I said, make it the film they tried to ban. You know, it worked for Andy McNabb. I, I was going to get, I was going to <laughs> create, create a bit of controversy. Mm. And, they, and they were like, no, no, no. We don't want to keep them on site. Mate, I, I, I don't the same conversations. Like, well, I tell you what, if they don't come on, if they don't come on site and they say and they actually say something against it, yeah. the best thing for you publicity wise is to do exactly what I'm saying yeah. to you. And they, again, they wouldn't, they wouldn't do it. They no, it. because it's not. They, they were that honest with their intentions. Mm. No, 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 look, we just want to make it as accurate as they can. But the problem was is that um, it became that because inevitably mm. the press got hold of that because they ain't stupid. 
if you've got a military film coming out and the MOD haven't come out and said, yeah, yeah, we're supporting this, then the press are going to go to them for a quote and you don't get a quote back saying, yeah, well, what does that mean? Well, mm. they can, that gives the, the press license to say the MOD aren't supporting it and they shot themselves oh. in the foot exactly with it. But it was so controversial because one of the one of the arguments always was that, uh, you know, we didn't have the logistic uh, support and all the rest of it and the, the, they weren't, and there weren't enough helicopters in the theatre with the winches on, the Chinooks in there with the winches on. Right, and at the time that this was happening, the production was happening. There was a person in a very, very, very senior position down in Whitehall, a military position, who at the time had been the head of procurement. I don't know what the actual title was. The head of procurement for um, JHC Joint Helicopter Command at the time of this, who would have had a a huge influence on what kit goes into what helicopters and what. That's not to say it's his fault, but that that would have been sort of. Uh, Guilty by uh, guilty by association for that person, and just uh, I'm not saying that that caused oh. it, but so many things, mate. We just mm. they yeah. but the MOD just just did it the wrong way. They did it the wrong yeah. way. Yeah, and so basically to get to know the actors and basically put them through a mini P company is what uh, they did through the other, the other through thing, unofficial lines, you know, yeah. through um. Till he took over that, didn't he? And no, we, yeah, we did that. Yeah, so we so through through Fort Nine Group, we organised because um, we did all the military advising. So me and did all the military advising. And I, said, me and I did was going to come and help, but I had a fishing trip in Thailand to go on to. So fortunately, I, uh, yeah, priorities, priorities, yeah. and um, yeah. So we uh, so we got uh, got a bunch of people on board, got like Tiddy on board. Um, yeah, Tiddy and a bunch of others. And we did the boot camp in Colchester mm. on MOD training ground. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know why I now. Yeah. It was a nightmare. A <laughs> couple of the guys were still serving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but, but I remember one of the last things, one of the last things we did was uh, we did a stretcher race. Um, like, it, we did a, it was like a boot camp, right? But it wasn't fitness oriented. It wasn't, you know, it was all around uh, the tactical situation. And the, the, the specifics of how a soldier looks and does things. That's true. Okay, so when they picked the Bergen up, they did it wrong, stop. This is how you pick a Bergen up. Mm. Swing it out your back. When they picked up the rifle or held the rifle, well, stop. This is how you do it. When they took a knee, stop. You don't need, that's not how you move. When they were doing the patrol, it's not how you move. Mm. Because on screen, if they look like, you can tell, yeah. a, you all yeah. seen bad war. You can tell a civvy yeah. trying to be a soldier. It's all those little things. Yeah. Right, this, chuck your webbing on. And you do the belt up. That's not no. You wouldn't do your belt up. You you clip it in, yeah, and then you'd whap that belt to the side and do it as tight as you can. And then you pull the straps down back. All those little things. And then one of the last things we did with a stretcher race. It's like just a thrash them to get to sort of affirm that you're a team. Because we we set it up so that there was two teams that we set it up. They, they worked in two syndicates, if you like. And they were they were the two groups that were on the hill at your time. So you had the guys in Normandy behind you know when you were on the, on on the hill, Stu. The guys in Normandy, which is HQ, then they had you forward on uh, Sparrowhawk and um, Athens, yeah, or Athens when you, from when you down. There's another team. So when we, so when we did the boot camp, there were two teams, and they were the two teams. So all the actors playing those people were those guys, yeah, and the people in charge of those teams were the commanders, were the commanders. So the actor, the film, if yeah. so, who played Mark Wright, he was God, God rest his soul. He was one of the commanders of the team, and that was David Elliott. Did an amazing job. Yeah. And then in um, uh, in Athen, uh, in Normandy, it was Spud. I think I think it was Spud, mm-hmm. the guy who plays Spud, which is uh, the magician, Ali Cook, magician, actor, amazing. <laughs> Ali Cook. He was the other commander. So 
And uh, I think Stu Pearson was as well, because Stu Pearson was the third commander, so Scott Kyle. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. We, we had all those guys. And we did the, listen to this, the MOD training area, when we did the uh, stretch race at the end, so Luke was there orchestrating it with the other guys. I was working out the rack at the time. And I uh, did the stretch race, and as they're finishing the stretch race in tatters, two chinooks fly overhead, mate, mega low. Oh, brilliant. It's like... It says, you know, you're trying to get that war ethos. Listen, you're in battle, you're extracting the dead, you need to get, you extract the casualty, you need to get back from that, and these two chinooks flail over the head. Yeah, they're like, and did oh you say anything, or did you just let the actors right. assume? We just left it, mate. But they, again, even just that for them, I think they found it so amazing. We had, we had amazing feedback for that, you know. We thought, you know, it's pointless doing a fitness oriented, a typical sort of military boot camp. You need to get them into the role they're going to play and build that, that sort of, that team, uh, that team mentality, that ethos, and they loved it. Uh, how did we get on to that? I don't know. It was a good tangent, though. I know, yeah. It's good for 49 group. Wait, what are we going to do? It's the Emily's Shop, Stu. Emily's Shop, buddy. I think it started with the shop, didn't it? Yeah. It started with the... Um, Is it Pegasus? Pegasus, Songs yeah. and Games, yeah. Naturally. So, yeah. Are you in there every day, are you? Are you yeah, 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 every day. Half a day on Wednesday, sports afternoon. Yeah, what do you do in the afternoon? Hey? What do you do in the afternoon? Play games. It's all fun, it's all fun, fun games. It? You go in there, like, you go in there it's like games on the wall and there's massive tables with just warlocks and that idea. Yeah. <laughs> warlocks. <laughs> yeah. No, warlocks. It's, it's the World War Two stuff I like. That's what we're and, that's, and that's what cool. we're doing on Saturday. I'm, I'm running an event on Saturday. You do them every weekend, then, yeah? Every Saturday. But we do. It's it's um no, there'd be open gaming on Saturdays. Occasionally, there's an event. The Warhammer tournament sell out very quick, um, but this is just a D-Day commemoration game day. So I'm providing all the miniatures. I've got all the scenery set up. I've I've got Pegasus Bridge branching over two tables. Like I said, it's not accurate, mm. so we've not it's got a representation. The we've not got yeah. the glider coming from the same area. There's not going to be the same force org, but it's roughly. So does this start works. with the gliders coming in? Uh, the the, the powers enter the table having got out the gliders. We don't have you, the glider models. Can you choose where they go on the table? No, no, it's a set point. So we're it's reenacting stuff, but it's not quite hundred percent accurate. Um, but basically, what we've got we've got a beach table that's separate, and basically the Germans defend the beach. They get loads of extra assets in the game, mm. and the Americans get very little to get off the beach. Mm. They do get an initial bombardment and everything as, mm. as they would have done. Um, it's it's not a full beachhead, so it's only small. So instead of having like Omaha Beach and Utah Beach. We've got Omaha section, Utah section, and, and it's just it's scaled down massively, basically. Mm. And they've got to get off the beach, but they're getting hit from artillery from another table until the paras take out that artillery position prior to stop the artillery then hitting the beach table to make mm. their job a little bit easier getting off the beach. And likewise, once they got off the beach, they won't be able to go forward unless the paras take the Pegasus Bridge. So it's not to scale, and mm. it's not to scale with the timeline. We've also got another air battle from a different game system going on in the next room mm. which again will dictate who gets their superiority during the game so it's it's all crazy dice and so stuff so you've got a game going on a separate table on four they, separate and tables they affect, and they all affect each other they all affect each other yeah that sounds quite mad doesn't it yeah. I, reckon so, that's yeah. that, I reckon that's how the, uh, the, the uh, ops centre did it in uh, Afghan yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's what he did yeah. stew well, tools of that roll the dice well, war, game is, <laughs> war game is part of the uh, order process isn't it so you like J two always play the enemy, don't they? War gaming is part of the um, orders process, isn't it? Oh yeah, like but when you go yeah. to a plan, there's no warlocks, though. 
No, no, no. Or potions. No, no, that's what I'm going wrong. So you have to add them. The warlocks and potions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Um, Stu said he'd come on. Tootle said he'd come on. Awesome. Yeah, but I think he doesn't mean it. Stu, you're coming on. Yeah, I think the prime minister. Yeah, did say come on. Toots the prime minister. He'd be a good politician. What was he before, Reg? He was a royal Irish, wasn't he? I don't know. He was, yeah. I'm sure he was. I'm sure he was royal Irish. I remember that smock. Smock he used to wear. What was that? Yeah, the old school smock. Have a smock. Didn't have an old school. The proper one. You're on about a Denison, aren't you? Yeah. You know about Prince Charles? No. That's Prince Charles. Yeah, fair one. Prince Charles had Denison. You ever been to? I'm um, sure you had an old school one. Yeah, old school. You. It's like normal to me and Stuart. You're not on a Denison, are you? Old no, not a Denison. No, you're on about no, Paris Mark. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, because when you got in, they changed that stupid material, didn't they? Remember, you had the old school Paris Mark with the with the loose light green cuffs and the material was really nice cotton, and then and then they changed it. The cheap version was darker, darker green cuffs, and it was oh, crinkly in that. Yeah, that's where you have to put it in the washing machine for ten seconds. No, put no, it in salt no, in there and make no, it look no, like a different sweat. material. Different material. That's what you did. Different material. Yeah. Have you ever been to the um, that remembrance service they have in the Power Edge remembrance service they have in um, London every every Christmas? No. I don't know who organised it. I know Stu. He's, Stu Toot was always there and gives a talk, like he gives an hourly talk. Yeah. That's why we're three power. Right. <laughs> but you get all sorts of people going there. Um, who is the actor? Who is he? You know the guy in Armageddon? Who plays in Armageddon? He, he's, you know we all sat down at the oh, table and they tell him the plan. No, not Bruce Willis. And they go, uh, Jason Isaacs. And he goes, you've got, uh, f- you got a firecracker in the palm of your hand. Now you like that. You, you, your wife's going to be cutting your steak for the rest of your life. He's the English professor. Jason Isaacs. Him. Uh, he's there. He goes, I think he does it every year. It's like a oh, talk, like proper. Why does uh, Tom Hardy wear a Power Edge t-shirt? Tom Hardy's pro-red, isn't he? He's going to get wolf. him on. He's a wolf. Tom Hardy said he'd come on. Get get him on and grip him. Be like, hey, what are you wearing that for? Gonna earn it, have you? I know, yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Why does he wear it? Is he? Is he? But I think he's. Uh, isn't, is he's just pro army though, is he not? Pro forces and just happened to pick that t-shirt up. What do you think? I think he's got a mate. I think he's got a mate who's in four power or something. Oh really? Maybe. Maybe I'm just making it up, but yeah, I remember seeing it on Facebook. But I think he's got a mate. Is it true that um, the Chuckle Brothers' nephew? Was in yes. I was in, Do you I remember in, this? I was in depot with him. In the, <laughs> it was in the platoon above. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get and, uh, which one was it? Which, which is his brother? The short um, one or the tall when I, one? When I first joined up in 99, <laughs> the guy, the lad was in, and he did well as well, you know, he passed, got through it. But the uh, the screws made him bring in, like, at the weekend when you get to go home, you know, they said, make sure you come back with slight sign. Or copies of like pictures the and posters, of yeah, and he did, yeah, Is and it? then they turned up for the pass out parade as well. Oh my god, yeah, really? well, both and of them. He, he was he was a good lad, like you know, yeah, but both mm. of them, they were related. Though, I were think they? It was, he was a couple of platoons in front of me. Were they not just brothers then. for the show? They weren't related. Um, I don't know. I think they were related, mate. I don't know what it is. Okay, yeah, I think they are related. Yeah. Did you ever hear about when uh, Paul Gascoigne Gaza went to Catrick? You ever heard about this? No. So Gaza, in between, re- this is this is Jen truth. So Gaza, in between his, uh, <laughs> is in between his rehab stint, he comes out, goes down the pan again. Yeah, and he's on his way back to rehab. And uh, he had a, he somehow had a connection with one of the screws in depot. Yeah, 
and uh, he ends up detouring to Catrick, <laughs> going on the lines, mate, and he's there, minging drunk, and he's beasting Joe. Press the position down! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, give me 50 press outs. Yeah. That must Paul have got Gaston. filmed by someone. Uh, that must have what, sorry? Got filmed by someone. I, I reckon I know a couple of names in my other film, but I'm not going to say that anymore. I know a couple of names. One, one runs a circus. <laughs> yeah, guys, yeah, flipping it. Um, did you see that thing about the uh, the article in the paper the other day about well, loads of articles? Yeah. The one the about no about the about the female recruit getting getting bullied. Bullied? No, I've not not seen this. Well, oh, the allegedly, the, allegedly. The training. Is that yeah, the one allegedly you're getting about? bullied. Allegedly getting yeah. bullied. Where they got a video and she... Have you not seen it? He was shouting at her, basically. He's like, you're you useless, yeah. you're rubbish, yeah. you're ridiculous. And basically people got people got mental because it's bullying. And, yeah. and plus they've jumped on the she's not male bandwagon. Me but too. Then, Hashtag me too. Hashtag me too. <laughs> but then... <that's, laughs> but then... I can't say I had any different, mate. I didn't no, exactly no, no, have a no, pleasurable no. experience. It was flipping actually. horrendous. But that's that's been it. But that's all the training for you. Mm. They they was. Didn't I, you have a tongue paste on it as well? Didn't you pull up having a tongue paste? I haven't watched it. Oh. No. I've basically gone off the headline. So all this highly inaccurate. Yeah. Did you have a tongue paste? Uh, but it doesn't make a difference. So. It? It's like I I don't. That's the thing with this is that uh, I, I remember years ago they were on about when the yellow card system in Depot, weren't they? Where if you felt offended. If you like snowflaking out, oh. you could give a yellow card and the instructor have to back off. Man, when I was in depot, I yeah. remember I because because I did have uh, four sets of socks packed in a certain uh, like waterproof bag of my burger, and I only had three sets. I got knocked out, mm. and then I got spark like sparked out. And you just expect yeah. it. It's like, well, I didn't put the extra socks in, so you live and learn. Yeah. But it teaches you, well, you're not going to make that mistake again, which is why you get rigid at what you do. You know what I mean? Yeah. And plus, the, but the mental aspect, it is hideous, but it's not like that That carries on in the battalion. No. And it's not, it's not bullying. It's no. not bullying if you all get the same treatment. Pain-assisted pain learning. No, that's what it is. Resilience. And, and uh, I mean, if you're if you're strong enough to be able to put your pen to paper and go, I'm going to join up, just that, you know, then the way the training... This is the other thing. You don't know, I mean... Bennett training, you don't do that until quite near the mm. end of the training. Yeah. So at that point, they know what levels you're at. The instructors know, regardless of what uni you're at, that it's it. The way uh, military training is structured is that you don't join up on day one. They go, "You are flipping useless." They don't. They've got to. They don't, right? Mm. Did you have that? Yeah. They jumped day one. <laughs> really? Day one, I got day day one. I got measured up. I got punched in the stomach. Yeah, but what did you do, Stu? What did you do? Nothing. Were you nothing. talking about uh, Nothing. I had, a, I, had a, I had a blood group chat and they weren't happy, so I went to look at life. I went to look at life before even all that. I spent, spent 48 hours at Paris. Miss what convinced me to join. I don't know why, because it was, it was mental. And uh, in we had we went down on a Saturday morning to Perth, right? Where the, I think there was um, a training team down at the time. Not a training team, a recruitment team down at the time. And... Uh, Got in the morning, put into like a, a what, what I call a dorm at the time, you know, put into a room, eight man room, and then uh, so you're all sitting there waiting, and then instructor comes in, and there was a there was a there was a lad there, and he was in a maroon top, yeah, and this guy's silly, right? He's just gone down to see, come and join the parents, you know, I want to see what the parents are like. So his first experience was this this 
flipping man. I remember this person, this instructor, as a man mountain. He's probably my height, right? But you know, you think back and that perception you got yeah, on the guy. He walked in, <laughs> he's got combat on his trousers, he's got a maroon belt on, the maroon t shirt, he's got a berry on, and you're thinking, Jesus, you are an absolute machine. He looks at this guy and he goes, flipping mental. Because this lad, who's a civvy like me, yeah. about 17 years old, because he's wearing a maroon, maroon sweater. Mm-hmm. No one wears maroon in here. Only parachute was maroon. Get out. Kick him <laughs> out. Where you come back in topless. You go, oh my God. Yeah, that, I decided to join up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what happened to the other lad. It's crazy. I remember one guy getting, getting hammered because he had Roy the Valkyries as his ringtone. Oh, did he really? He wasn't allowed to because it was a joke. Not allowed to yet. <laughs> I met a guy, I was actually with Tiddy. We met We met a guy who had a reg chart and he wasn't reg. Yeah, yeah that's And we, and we accepted it. Mm. We went to, um, uh, went with Tiddy and uh, his, his, his mate, his daughter's, his daughter's fellow, who's a, who's a motorbike racer, mm. like a proper racer. Um, we went to Snetterton to Washington. What a brilliant day out that was. And um, all the caravans in there with all the racers, but loads of caravans and wagons and that with all the bikes and all the little staying. And you can see the highest flag, the other flag, the highest flag, by about t- 10 miles, well, 30 feet, was Pegasus. And you know, Tiddy's like, right, come on, let's go find out who they were. So like, yeah, let's go find out who they were. So he goes around these things, trying to see this flag attached, flag attached to the caravan. And um, he uh, looked at the wagon, knock on the door, no one answers. So he, was, he wasn't going there to go, why have we got a flag? He was going to just intrigue. Why, yeah, you know, yeah. why are you flying the Pegasus flag? Well, see you next week. Yeah, yeah, what's the connection? Yeah. Or, or able yeah. forces or whatever, you know, it could be anything. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and, it's, and it's, it was guys next to it, and they said, no, no, that, that's his caravan down there. So you walk over, and this guy was a man mountain, right? And he's one of the pit crew, I think he was. And, um, but you know, old guys, but he's in his, he's in his 50s, early 50s. And uh, he said, what's, what's with the Pegasus flag? And he said, oh, my, my dad was, my dad was, like power reg. I can't remember what battalion he said he was, but that was power reg. And the guy, he was like, started welling up. He said he, he died a couple of years back and um, he always used to fly a Pegasus flag uh, wherever he went. And I thought, I'll, I'll keep my tradition going. And um, and he said, he said, I've got a confession to make. And he goes, that, mate. He goes, I've got a, a tattoo as well. And he had a t shirt on. Well, he take the t shirt on, like a leather thing on. Yeah. He pulled it up. He had, he, had a, he had a reg tattoo there, but it was his reg tattoo with his dad's army number on there. And, he, yeah, and then we were like, cool. oh, wait, mate. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Just roll with it. Yeah. yeah, but but also if you were a civvy before you joined up, you get t- you get tattoos on you because you like the picture. Mm. Yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. and I could kind of understand if a civvy got a reg tattoo because they're like, oh, I really like the parachute regiment. I'll get their cat badge tattooed on me. That's a good idea. Not actually thinking that it's a. Mm. I don't know. I don't know about that. Mm. Yeah. No, I don't. Know. <laughs> I, 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 no. I, I got away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd re- remove the arm. Probably the arm. Yeah. Short sleeve, um, long sleeve. Yeah. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about that. Yeah. Out do, you, do you want to be here? No, I'm good. So, when you... When you um, so, could Jackie happen, right? Because we... Oh, oh. Do you want one? No, I'm all right. <laughs> I'm opening it. I'm opening it. Mate, how much did that bottle cost in your leg? How much is that? Uh, a few grand. <laughs> uh, how, how is the leg? Is that the same model as what you had when you first... Like, back in... When you first had it? Or is it? Is this uh, like no, a new, the improved had, version? The first one I had was a Total E two thousand, and it was um. Is it what? It's called a Total E two thousand. Yeah. And it, it worked on the opposite principle as this. So with this leg, you load up the heel, and it makes the knee free. Right. Whereas the other one, you load up the heel, and it, it locks the leg. Um, and the other one just wasn't. It wasn't as good as this one, to be honest. I saw one of the other guys at Headley caught one of these. And I was like, I want a KX06. I want one of those. Mm. And, uh, 
got it eventually. And this is what I, you know, this is the same leg. Not exactly the same leg. It's like it's like Trigger's brush. It's yeah, like, it's, it's has different <laughs> knees, different knees and different sockets, yeah. but it's been the same leg the whole time. And uh, yeah, I've had this same sort of leg for. So this is what I took to Afghan and that, you know. Oh, I was about to say about that same one, but yeah, yeah no, but same, like because you get one. you can get um if you're above knee generally you could get like uh, bionic legs which let you I, I can't walk knee over knee I can't take weight on the knee because it is just a hinge right. it might look fancy but it is essentially it's a well designed are you above the knee yeah but it, no I'm through through the knee ah through the knee. Right. so I've got my whole I, my, I got my whole of my fibro bone and kneecap that's just caused me dramas you should have got rid of that there's honest. kneecaps still in there yeah, yeah. why, then, why just, is that it's just sitting there just oh. unnecessary surgery really oh, okay, wanna, yeah. you know and um they probably and, yeah, down a sports like, afternoon or something didn't they yeah probably went to yeah. Come on. Done. wrap it up now let's get off <laughs> <laughs> I'm off now yeah, yeah. Um, on, how, said... how are the kids how are the kids with it you've got two two girls in yeah well I mean when my daughter grew up seeing me like this obviously she yeah. she was born uh, a few months after I was injured so yeah she played games with you, like you wake up in the morning, she's hid your legs no, in, the gar- Jimmy's in the garden or something. No, no, Jimmy's done that before. Nothing I played like... fighting with him in the park and he started pulling my leg. Yeah. I was like, stop it now. And the more <laughs> serious I got, the more funny he thought it was. <laughs> and he pulled it off <laughs> and he was running around oh, no. the park, running around the park with my leg over his shoulder and laughing, giggling his tits off. And uh, I. I trying to hop after him and there's other parents there and I was just thinking what is going on here oh my god that's awesome yeah. that, that's, that's, that, that is that's one thing I think uh, I, I do love it it's like is uh, that ridicule you able to give the injured and I'm, I'm back in on that how that mm. it's that it's that black humour oh, do, do, do you have a one, one-legged pirate suit no, no, I think they give that to um, Stu Pearson in, in Headley Court. Stu, oh, Stu was it? Yeah. Pearson, I remember oh, Stu yeah. Pearson sitting in a sitting in the fox, right? And he's got he's on the stool, and he was packed, and he had he wasn't next to the bar, and he didn't say put his drink. He's like this, and uh, so he goes, oh, mate, Stu, I'm out the way because so, Stu's got a prosthetic as well for yeah, benefit yeah. people who don't know. But it's his left leg, isn't it? Mm, so pity you guys have the same shoe size. Mm. Mm. And uh, so Stu goes there, nowhere to put his pint. He's sitting on the thing with his leg bent, and he gets his leg, and he rotates it, so his, so his prosthetic rotates it all around upside down, so his now foot is facing the ceiling, upside down, he puts his pint on top of the base of his yeah. foot. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant. It's brilliant. How is, where does Stu get blown off? Is that through He's above, he's above, yeah. He's he, above. Co- he copped a lot from the minor injured marker as well. Like, oh. he, got, he got injuries on the other leg, and that one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, mm. apparently I stood on a cluster as well. Cause they, the way oh, did they, you? The way they sort of migrate is they go down in eddies and swirls mm-hmm. like, to follow what would be the, the you know, the migration period with the waddies fill up, basically, mm-hmm. so they follow the flow of the of the river. So, yeah, so there's, um, there's a group of them, because it all went in sort of one direction. What, yours? Mind. Yeah, yeah, which is why I got the injury to this leg as well, which was where the... Because um, uh, they didn't fragment right, yeah. properly, because they're... Um, because what, sorry? Old. They didn't fragment properly because yeah. they were old too. Well, cheesy. Cheesy Royal, mate. Yeah. On the second tour? Cheesy stuff in the ladies, isn't it? I think it was or the 10 tour. The 10 tour. Because I went on it. I went on the one where the, he was injured. Ah, uh, the third tour. The third cheesy tour we Royal. did. Cheesy Royal, mate. You yeah. don't know this. No. In Afghan. So he's going, and he's doing all, everything, he's doing all the drills properly, right? So they've gone out of the thing. He's never taken the same route twice. 
you know, he's never uh, he's crossing. There was this, there was this, um, there was this path that was easy to cross. Never crossed at the same point. Yeah, he crosses over, mate. Boom. I think I might be wrong. I think it was a legacy mine, right? But so proper go like proper blows him, blows him up, mate. But because it was so deep down the ground, and because it had been heavy rainfall like before, he got away with like a fractured heel. Mm, yeah. ID blew him to smithereens. Yeah. Fractured heel. Honestly, you don't know that. No, the third tour. Third tour. Ten. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Ten. Yeah. Ten. Ten. Cheesy. He's he's doing for himself. He's enjoying life. Yeah. He's enjoying life, which is nice. Might make him a nicer person. Yeah. He's nicer. A, cheesy. He's a nice guy. Grumpy. <laughs> he's um. He's got a little. Uh, he's got a little house up in North Wales. He's got his dog. Cottage, mate. Yeah. yeah. He's on it project. Yeah, he goes Were you, did you listen to yesterday the last show? Yeah. Uh, I was on yeah, project yeah. He's on there quite a lot. Yeah, he um, goes out into the countryside and grows his beard. And... We went to uh, we we all met up in uh, Hyde Park last last Christmas. He's just flying by the seat of his pants. He is, and uh, he had no one to look after his dogs. So it was winter wonderland. He rocked up with his dogs. <laughs> <laughs> he rocked up with his dogs. Two spaniels kind of kind of kind of out Hyde Park. I uh, went to Wonderland, London. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, we went and ended up staying at Luke's, flipping out. That was a good night. That was a good night. So you um. Could jack you up. You came back. You got rehabilitated. You got rehabilitated quite quick, though. If you were deployed in the 08 tour, mm. you went to Headley Court, didn't you? Mm. What what role does Shavas House in Colchester play in terms now? In terms of what was different to when you had the court, do you know? I don't know what that is. Shavas House is the head, Help the Heroes uh, rehabilitation place in yeah, College. Yeah, they've got rolled. It's out. like a mini Headley. I think it they, they rolled out long after I left. I don't. I don't really know. But was Headley Court predominantly for physical rehabilitation or mental? Mental as well. We had the neuros. Neuros were there. Yeah. Physical. Yeah. What other places? You had Headley Court. Was that the, that was the main one, wasn't it? Did the, the Queen? Mm. What was the what, Queen? What was the Queen Elizabeth? What was the Birmingham place? Queen That's Elizabeth. the hospital. QA, so but that the wasn't hospital. the rehab. I don't know. No, that was like your first port of call. It was Selly Oak. Yeah, Selly Oak. originally, and then they upgraded it. Selly Oak. Why that, that closed down a while back, didn't it? Yeah. Well, I know they've changed it now. It's all the mm. fancy Queen Elizabeth Hospital. They helped yeah. the heroes play Shabazz House in Collie, right? Mm. Um, I've mentioned it before. They help the heroes run, but like they do, like Luke did his rehabilitation now, and he's still serving. Even though it's help the heroes run, but they have like a W.O. military liaison in there. But as I understand it, the plan is for them to go completely separate to the MOD. They the MOD get rid of it because they haven't got the amount of physical, uh, like physical casualties they have now. No, they did before. No, yeah, and and, no, and in that term, help the heroes. I know are changing their their focus to away from visit more or mental. They're doing mm. a huge amount on it. And that um, that place, Shabbat House, when it's de- when the MOD separate from it, becomes just to help the heroes own place. It's right next to, but you know, where, have you seen it? You got yeah. Brian Bud VC gym, which is military. Mm-hmm. You got the camp, and it's outside. It's got it's mm-hmm. just outside the fence, literally next to the fence. But that place, I think they're going to turn it into like um, a res- a refuge for ex military. So if you like got an issue, mm-hmm. you go, I'm a clip or. I've been like me and my missus have split. Oh, I need a place for a couple of nights, so I need some help to go mm. get in. There's a room, so we'll square you away without the out, which I think is fantastic. Mm. I think it's good. Um, yeah, we're gonna try and get we're gonna try and get uh, one of the parries on. Yeah, get their perspective. Like an interesting year from that from that mm. from that side of the ship. Uh, yeah. So then you did. Uh, when were you out? When did you come out of Headley then? When were you deployable again? I don't know, mate. I'd, I'd, I'd gotten back to camp and I was still like on my first leg, I think, on crutches when John Hardy called me into the office. 
And I thought, still he was the RSM. Still. Mm. Still at that point, he was the yeah, RSM. Yeah, he's not still the RSM. I think no. he's changed. <laughs> 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 no, really. Yeah, so he's like, um, no, he was he was there. Yeah, he was there still as the RSM. And he called me into the office and that. And I thought, here we go. This is the talk to say, you know, you're going to have to find something else. And, you know, we're going to see. Like outside of the army? Yeah, well, maybe not outside the army, but we're going to incorporate you into HQ company. Yeah. You're going to, you know, do, do other stuff and everything. And he was like, come on, you know, proper sandbag. Rah. You know, so you, you've lost your leg. I don't give a fucking shit. At the end of the day, you're still fucking one of us. Um, <laughs> you've got a fucking good mental attitude. We can get you fucking smash ready court. Get you back out there beyond a free free eight, kidding fuckers in no time. That was like his attitude, you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I sort of kind of, I don't, it was good really because I was worried that it was going to be all, oh, we, oh, we can't, we can't, yeah. we can't commit you to it and all that sort of stuff. And I come out of there thinking, fucking hell, he pushed me too quick. But it was good, you know, because it yeah, was, yeah. you know, Obviously, I didn't want to. I didn't want to stay in snipers because my my biggest concern going back out in two thousand and eight was I didn't want to be a liability. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to. You know, it's you know someone can break their leg on patrol, but it's far more likely for me to have a broken leg through dust getting into my piston, and then and then I'm a man <laughs> down for fucking reason. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I maintain my leg like my weapon. You know, but it's still mm. it would still be an issue. So going this sort of J two route was clearly the, the way to go. J two intelligence. Yeah, yeah. Did you? What courses did you do for that? The military ones. Just like the Tick Alpha stuff, and and some of the. I think I did an A10s course later on down the line as well. Oh, did you? I'm, yeah. I'm, so you developed better. You developed better then. Yeah, DV. Yeah. Oh, even DV, that, yeah, that's good. That, yeah. That's good. You could do some cons- DV, no, consultancy stuff the, on the side. There's one up from there, isn't it? Well, is SC the first one, then DV? D- yeah, SC and DV. Yeah. DV is like DV costs like fifteen grand. Yeah, it's, it's highly sought after in civil yeah. but it runs out after two years, so mine's well. Oh, does it really? Mine's, mine's gone. Yeah. Oh well, so, uh, your SC, if it's secure, if it's to secure, if it's, if it's the secret, lasts like twenty years. Yeah, but DV is higher up, isn't it? Yeah, DV is higher. So up, that, yeah. that that that's got a cooling off period. Yeah, 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 yeah. Obviously. But then your SC, you got different, you got different types, in you like NATO secret and all that stuff. No, I think you could do some consultancy, mate. Yeah, I, I, I'm happy with my shop playing with me toy soldiers, mate. You're gonna write one of the events and everything. Uh, oh, look at that face! He's thought yeah, about it. He's he thought about There's it. Something going on. There is some some stuff going on. What would what would uh, what would I'd read it? And I know you're boring. What would what would uh, <laughs> what would what would be your cons for writing a book? Um, Why would you not? I, I I thought about doing it just as just as something to keep me occupied. I wouldn't I wouldn't publish it or anything like that. I just keep it for my own memoirs, like my um. Memoirs. My great uncle, yeah, just to pass down to me kids and stuff. My my great uncle was um, in the tank corps and was uh, XLRDG. You'd spoke. I remember stuff. you spoke a lot about him. Yeah, 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 he was, yeah. You know, he was um, he was part of my inspiration when I joined. You know, I wanted to go. So what was? Remind me, he did some amazing things, didn't he? What did he, oh, no, did he, he I some, like... he did amazing things. He seemed to get captured everywhere. To be honest, he ended up. <laughs> yeah, he's incredible. He got, he got, he got, he escaped in Dunkirk and everything. You know, he was in Dunkirk and then he um, he went out. <clears throat> he went out in the desert with the desert rats for a bit with Eighth Army. Did a load of stuff there. Um, what were the ended, tanks? What were the tanks up, then? What were they? I mean, he was on Matilda twos, I believe. I've never heard of them. What? Well, Matilda ones with a with a machine. This this is it. Since I've opened up my shop, I've become a tank nerd. Mm-hmm. I didn't give a yeah. shit about it when I was power reg because yeah. I've got a fucking hot stuff. You know what I mean? But now I've but now I've got an out. I'm all, I'm all into it. You know. Even the modern tanks, I'm, I'm into. You know, I'm at Tank Fest every year, yeah. geeking it up, counting rivets. But anyway, yeah. So the the Adam Matilda. You're at what Tank Fest? 
Yeah. Mate, have you have spoken you been, to... Have you been to Frankfurt? Hang on. Well, uh, you answer my question okay. first. Have you been in touch with Freddie Cryer? Do you know where Freddie Cryer works? No. We're getting Freddie on. Get Freddie yeah. on. Yeah. He's got no, a, mate, Ali, he's got a, he does a TV series, mate. So, Freddie Cryer, for those who, people who, who, who don't know who Freddie is, X3 Power, he... <laughs> he he, uh, he was in so he was intelligence as well, and then before that, yeah, yeah he was in Mr. Carlo with you guys, wasn't he? Yeah, he's an armed armored uh, armored ve- fighting vehicle expert, very knowledgeable, and now he he's part of the series and TV. I think it's called Combat Dealers. Yeah, Rim and his boss, who's a loaded civvy, they go around the world, or him, or him and his mate, uh, this other guy from the business, they go around. It's about them buying up these proper sought after military vehicles and then refurbing them right? German half traps awesome. and stuff like that he flew a Spitfire last year yeah. it's not even an armoured fighting vehicle it's a plane he flew a Spitfire right but they are not far from Collie that business oh. I know if you go in touch with him mate you'll be up there and you'll be driving half of those things I'm telling you now proper nerdgasm up there <laughs> he, he's had he's had the PRA up there. He's had the PRA. Mate, his, his job is get out. Like, can you go and fire that tank up and give it a whirl around? That's awesome. Yeah, That's it's awesome, awesome, mate. It's awesome. Yeah, we have. To, yeah, well, yeah. you did not know that, but Freddie. No, I didn't. I didn't he's a proper it. celeb. <laughs> oh, mate, I, I just lose touch with everybody. I just yeah. get in my little geeky circles. And, he's know. a celeb until you're getting down at the book launch for the, for No Way Out for Adam Jowett's book. Yeah. And, uh, and then you and then you get him, he's getting that, drunk. Yeah, he's, he's in that video. Yeah, he's crying into his hand, not crying. Oh, no. no, but he's like at the end of the night, never clear. In the video with you dancing as well. There's no video of me dancing. There's no. There's loads of videos of you dancing. No, back to the subject. The sub- <laughs> back to the subject matter. Change the subject. Um, yeah. yeah. So John Hardy basically pushed you. What that? Oh yeah. That's oh seven. Yeah. That was a, that was in 06 when he was like that. That's right, because I remember because I remember quite quickly after that tour we came back because by the time we got back hmm. you were out, you were I remember going to visit you at home. I I came to see you lot coming in from Muscala. No, you didn't. I swear you did when you come in on the coaches in camp. I didn't see you. I came to see you at your house. That's the first time I saw you. Yeah, but I, I remember seeing the guys come back from Muscala because it was like months after everybody else. Everybody, look, else, everybody else was on Christmas. Yeah. You were, they were and, and Christmas. I was like, well, because well, I did local, didn't I? So I just, you know, leave, yeah. you take yeah. new ages. It was like I'm running up to Christmas by the time you guys came back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was so, yeah. So, yeah, um, there, there was that. And then um, it was just getting back into things, you know. When, when I was first injured as well, I was obsessed with oh, I was this thing. I wanted to do P Company again because I heard about this bootneck who lost his leg, Captain... Jim Bonner, who did the commando tests with a baloney amputation. And I was like, oh, fucking hell, I could do pick up me then. And then uh, people taught me out of it. Why, why do you think that was your mindset? I just wanted to get back into it. I, it was, I think it was just being in denial. You know, I was just like, I want to get straight back into it. I don't want to, I want to... I remember you talking about the... Yeah, I remember you talking about the um, by, uh, the, the Paralympics team at one point, the shooting and Yeah, I did, I did that for a little bit, but... Not enjoy it. Oh, no, it's because it's you're firing these tiny pellets oh, ten meters God, away. Yeah. It needs a lot of skill, but when you're used to throwing, you know, two hundred whatever grain of, you know, <laughs> like a kilometer and a half. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a people. Like, a people, <laughs> it's, it's a little bit different, isn't it? Yeah. Hemingway saying things of um, the hunting of man. I don't remember. Well, I, yeah. Should have started on that. that um, I was speaking to. Uh, John Vickers, who's an ex-Queen's Reg guy, uh, Queen's Regiment, and he, um, he, in fact, he's Ian McIvey's brother-in-law. He's, yeah, Ian McIvey's brother-in-law. 
Funny enough, oh, wow. actually, we're, yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. So, so um, John's coming on. He's on about two weeks' time. He, uh, I think, on to this. Oh, yeah. Well, well, anyway, he went and met with a veteran who was having a bit, who's like having a bit of a struggle at the minute, and John went up to see him up north, and and but this veteran won gold in bow in flipping bow shooting. What do you call it? Bow archery. Uh, archery. <laughs> bow shooting. <laughs> So he won the goal. And he, oh. he, he rocked up. He, he basically started it. Like, oh, I'll have a goal. And then uh, he ended up, was quite good at it. This in a short space of time. Got on to, um, got on to the, the, ah, not in Olympics, Invictus. Got on to the oh, yeah. team for Invictus. Invictus goes, oh, that's amazing. I've done it. Got on the team. And then won gold. He won mm. gold, yeah. Uh, bow shooting. Prince Harry. Archery. No, Prince Harry's thing in it. Yeah, but he's, yeah. I like Prince Harry. Yeah. yeah. I, I had a brief him on Octagon. Got Did his, you? Got his head down in my brief. Kiwi reckons he's his best mate. Yeah? Kiwi reckons he's his best mate. He's Kiwi's best mate? Yeah. I think they did some... They did a training together. Yeah. Yeah. Because... Was he good, not... Because Harry was a, a JTAC, right. wasn't he? He was a, a JTAC, wasn't he? No, no, FAC. Forward air controller. Uh, he was flying then, wasn't he? Actually, no, probably, no, he was flying He was flying Apaches in the second time, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. The first time round, or, or whichever way it was, he was the air controller, the FAC. Oh, okay. Because a J attacks a, 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 a non, uh, not an officer, but the FAC is the officer, isn't it? And the FAC is normal. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, so mm. Harry was, a, I'm sure he's an FAC, and I'm sure Kiwi was on, was on a JTAC course for him, or whatever course it was with him. Of course, it was him. Reckon he's a good bloke. He yeah, seems like a good he bloke. Seems right. well, he seems right. Yeah. He's probably getting his head down in my lesson because he was getting ragged by the officers. You started doing things. your in stuff way back when, I've just realised. No, it, well. Yes, you did. Started, you were doing it in Northern Ireland. It started in Northern Ireland because snipers couldn't be snipers in Northern Ireland as such, so we had to form the intel. So it started there. Yeah. And then obviously, it was the obvious, you know, job, alternative job option for me. Mm from there on in so that was why you know eventually redeployed in 2008 when did you get out hmm? when did you get out 2014 13 14 13. I can't remember no it wasn't that late was oh, it yeah. you got out after me yeah we after ah I thought yeah, no I you, went, you transferred para, in one para, para. and then I was in um, I did Optag for two years two and a half years obviously after all the briefs and stuff that's right what was it? was called something else then, wasn't it? No, it was Optag. What's it called now? M- mission, uh, it's called Mission, uh, oh God, people are cursing me now. It oh. was Optag, it's called Mission, a- MSC or something, Mission, it's something, it's something else, M something, I don't know. Someone, someone's, when you stick this in the comments, whatever it's called, what Optag's called now. Um, oh, sorry, Optag is the Operational Training and Advisory Group. They're the, they're the, for people listening, they don't have a clue. They are the they're the team that or teams who are like permanent instructors, and they prepare units in the UK and and sometimes overseas. They prepare units to go and go into operations. So when we were going to when we went to Northern Ireland, Afghan, Iraq, we were going to do a period of a, of a few weeks with an Optag team. Um, most of the time, that would be in the UK. Uh, sometimes you go overseas, like Oman or somewhere else, to do it, um, and they would train you up. You know, they would let you know what the latest intelligence is in the country, what the latest tactics are of the enemy. Um, you know, the, the, if you're going to a new country with a new language you haven't been to, they give you like language lessons and all the rest of it. Um, that's Optag. Yeah, it's called something else now, so it's not Optag. Oh. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Well, keep it on. <laughs> What's next, mate? Are you uh, any plans on expanding the shop? No, not really. I'm quite happy the way it is. I might, I might do um, like commission paintwork on the models and stuff, or commission paintwork. Start, yeah. How long does it take you to paint one model? It depends on size. Depends on it, it's, it's a lot of variables. What's the longest it's taken you to paint? Um, oh, I don't know. Months. Yeah, we had an argument once. Probably. We had a we had a, we had an argument once for three years. Oh, that lasted ages, didn't it? it? Did, uh, I was wrong as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it lasted so long because someone got his leg blown off. You it question. started off. You... With, it started off with a contact. Yeah. <laughs> did it? it? Started off with a contact in um, Nozad, <laughs> didn't it? We were having the argument. We were mid row when the contact broke out, wasn't it? And the fucking boss came over and tried yeah. to settle us down because we only come yeah. to blows. Yeah, is uh, is an egg? Is it is what it is, mate? <laughs> Go on, is an egg? I can't remember the answer. <laughs> you were right because you were arguing against it being a dairy product. Is an egg a dairy product or not? Wait, is an egg What's... a dairy product? What, what do you reckon? No. Instinct. No. You reckoned yes. Yeah, I know better now. Yeah. Took ages. We, yeah. That happened. We forgot about the argument. Mm. They remembered it again. Then forgot about it again. Oh. And then, yeah. Then had the argument then, yeah. Again. Eggs, eggs not a dairy product. <laughs> no. Eggs a dairy product. Hmm. Um, we need to get down for a game. Have you ever played yeah. any games? Um, Death- do you do any stuff? live... Well, you're an hour and a half from here. Hour. Hour and a half, yeah. Well, hour and 20, but traffic. Do you do any Vietnam War... Scenario is kind of like Battlefield. That's coming out soon. There's, there's going to be um, my 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 favourite war games company is called Warlord Games, and they uh, they produce mainly the mainly the historical stuff. They do mm. a lot of the Napoleonic ancients and stuff going right the way up. And, and uh, we went for like a me and a group of my customers went up for like a Q and A at their HQ up in, up in Nottingham. And uh, one of the first questions I asked was, "What about doing a, a Vietnam version of the game and everything?" And they said that they're, they're gonna they're gonna look at doing that. Yeah. So do the Americans do it? What are the Americans like with these kind of games? Uh, they they love all the games workshop stuff. They love um, They love they love it all. They love it all. But the, the center of the sort of war gaming industry is Nottingham. That is really where, yeah yeah. It's, that's the why is that? Because that's where Games Workshop was from, uh, and a lot of the people that work there then went off to set their own companies, and it's uh, all sort of kept local. And they went to Nottingham rather than London originally because of the cost. Mm-hmm. And this was back in like. Early eighties, you mm. know, long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they do all sorts of. There's a an interesting game system called Skirmish Sangin, which was. Um, I thought that that thing that's New what Zealand. I was thinking of. When I, it it know, might have yeah. been, yeah, yeah. It's made by a, a New Zealand group. I can't remember the name. I should really research it a bit, but can't remember the names. But it's really good. Like instead of writing your army list down when you have your games, mm. which is a list of all your stuff that you're mm-hmm. taking, because you normally agree on a points limit, and then that would make the game fair because. Um, so what, instead of having that, you, you do flap sheets for your guys. So you give them the, all, the, all their details and everything, and you randomly determine mm-hmm. their stats and where, and then you position them out. Mm-hmm. And it's very realistic. And for that reason, I didn't quite like it as much because it was a little bit too realistic. But as I was playing it originally, I thought this could be a great tool for section SOPs. Like if you could get the guys over the stigma <laughs> of, 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 of the game, rolling the dice and all that sort of stuff. It's actually very good. The game system. Why is that then? How would you? How is it? Well, doing your actions on, you know, because like the way the way the game works is you'll do stuff like you would normally do. You isolate a compound. You're going in to do something, 
and obviously something's going to happen. So you would say it would be beneficial for learning the process and... and, and you Possibly know, learning the process, but I reckon section level stuff, because normally Wargame is done at a higher level. When, when an OC goes through his plan and the J2 are trying to scupper him, mm-hmm. equipped with what the enemy's previously done. But like if you did it with a section level, maybe even soon, but probably section, you're getting the details of what the guys are doing on the ground mm-hmm. if something goes wrong, because mm-hmm. it's at that level. Because mm-hmm. it's a very low skirmish level game. But it's very complicated rule set, so it has to be simplified, I think. Mm. But it's interesting, because you go out to do something like a, a, a task, like isolate a compound, do this, do a search, do <coughs> whatever, and then obviously someone gets wounded, then the whole purpose of the game changes to getting the guy out. So the whole, everything changes as things progress. And there's no real winners or losers, but you lose... And you got that game down the shop? It's just a book. It's just a book. You have to source what? everything else like elsewhere. Which means it's just a book? The game is a book. And you use your own pieces, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, your own dice, yeah. Yeah, so you have to source your, your models from that. Have you got it all in the shop? Is there a way that, that we can play it and we don't have to pay for anything? <laughs> hey, no. Um, At probably, your probably not the Sangin, because I, I could possibly source it, but... Well, you the World War II stuff's better. Yeah, should, should we should another World War II game. World War II game's better, in my opinion. We have to wrap this up. Yeah, cool. Mate, how long has that been? It's been like an hour and a half from that. That's been ages. Quarter seven. Absolute pleasure, buddy. Yeah. Absolute pleasure, buddy. Yeah. Um, mate, get you on again. Yeah. Cheers, Stuart. Any time. It's good to see you, mate. People, thanks for listening to the show. Momentum is gathering, listeners are responding and connections between veterans and their businesses are being made. Veterans and other veterans and veterans and amazing organisations and charities. Plus, I hope people are learning things. I certainly am and I I thought I knew everything. (laughs) TNT Group sponsored this show. They're a veteran-owned business. I know they also have been getting a positive response off the back of these shows, so thank you. Keep reaching out to them if you have a construction project, small or large, that needs doing. Get them on their website at tmt.construction. You can also get James Bro, one of the owners and a former Welsh guard on LinkedIn. Surname Bro is B-O... No, it's not B-O. It's B-R-O-E, James Bro. Fortune 9 Group also sponsored the show, operating across the UK, providing security, medical and health and safety services. Owned by two former snipers, one being myself, and founded several years ago, not long after my business partner and I left the military. Fortune9.group maintain the HR website and provide the video equipment and enable us to continue with what Jared and I are doing. Check out Fortune9 at Fortune9.group. That's it. Until the next time, thanks for listening. Out.